tonight on News 4 at 5. Nothing beats a long hot shower in the winter, but how long do you take? 10 minutes. 20 minutes. If there's music, maybe 30. Heating water is so expensive, so I'll show you four ways to slash your energy bill. Saving you money this winter. Consumer reporter Susan Hogan is working for you tonight on News 4 at 5 with Wendy Rieger, Jim Hanley, and Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer. Getting you up to speed the minute you get home with the day's top stories and changing weather conditions. Working for you on NBC4 at 5. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. <laughs> And on Instagram at Monkeys Fighting Robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. <laughs> Welcome to the May the 4th edition of Monkeys Fighting Robots. I love my Star Wars nerds. They're my favorite. Today's show is going to be amazing because I want to highlight a few stories. We have Jonathan Hickman from Marvel and Image Comics. He has some interesting thoughts on Star Trek. Then we chat with Terry Crews about his interest in superhero films. Walking Dead may be on a break, but we have Jonathan McDermott to give us a behind-the-scenes look at the show. Boom Studios has some great books, and Wednesday, you'll have a chance to read Arcadia. Number one, written by Alex Pacnadel, with art by Eric Scott it's one of the most mind-blowing concepts I've read in a while. Are you pumped? Me too. Let's start the show. Okay, party people in the house. I was going through my old interviews, and I found a quote by Jonathan Hickman. You know, the guy writing Marvel Secret Wars? It sounds like he might want to write Star Trek. Not just Star Trek, but a Star Trek TV show. I asked him what he would do if he was the writer of the next Star Trek film. I would probably do an adventure romp that's about discovery instead of about fighting. I mean, uh, not 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 a knock on those movies. I really enjoyed the first one a lot before it got into the uh, the Leonard Nimoy of it all. But uh, yeah, I would I would I would make it a movie about discovery and not about not a Star Wars movie about conflict and uh, you know fighting and ships blowing each other up. It's, you know, more more in line with kind of what the original Star Trek series was. I don't know. I think a new Star Trek television series would be a really big opportunity for somebody if they got a hold of it. I think that could be really interesting, especially considering the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of high-quality TV that's out there now. I, I think that would be really interesting. Somebody, be it Star, the Star Wars franchise stuff or the, uh, or the Star Trek stuff, somebody's going to make it back to episodic television or to serialize television with, with a really killer high concept show, and they're gonna. Well, they're probably gonna make a lot of money. Not that they don't make a lot already. What do you think? Would you like to see Jonathan Eggman write a Star Trek television show? I know I would. <laughs> Terry Crews battles it out in all three Expendables movies, but his name was attached to several Marvel films back in the day. I asked Terry if there are any current discussions with Marvel or DC. And his answer is quite impressive. Oh, no, no, man. I, I mean, you know, it's weird because I'm so booked 
and it's locked up. Now, if they ever came, came to me, I've never been presented with any superhero offer or anything like that. But that's okay, you know. A lot of people are like, "Man, you should be in the Star Wars. You should be in the." But that, but you know what? Terry Crews is not missing anything. You know, it's kind of like L.A. and New York. Everybody in L.A. and New York wants to make you feel like you're missing something. You know what I mean? If you're growing up in a small town or whatever, they're like, man, if I was in L.A., it'd be wonderful. Guess what? You have a better life where you are. The whole trick is to get everybody thinking that you're missing something. But you know what happens when you're outside that club and you see that big long line down the street? The club is empty. There's nobody in it. I used to be a bouncer. I know the whole deal. The club is empty. The whole thing is the perception of you missing something. I'm not missing anything. And when that right world comes up and it's perfect for me, believe you me, I'm going to take it and I'm going to blow it up. It ain't no, I'm not missing a thing. What superhero or villain would you like to see Terry Crews play? Josh McDermott's Walking Dead character, Eugene, has one of the best mullets of all time, right behind Joe Dirt. I asked Josh what it's like when a character gets killed off the show. You know, it's really tough because, um, you know, it, it becomes kind of a cliche thing to say or maybe for people to hear is just, you know, we're a giant family. And, you know, I've been on other TV shows where you don't really, you know, you enjoy going to work, you enjoy the crew and maybe a few cast members, but maybe there's a few stinkers in the bunch and you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. But with this show, everyone is such a tight-knit group. We have, like, several text message chains going with, you know, we'll, like, if someone gets killed off, then we'll just kind of remove that person from that chain so that they don't keep getting bombarded with text messages as they move on with their lives or whatever. But we're constantly texting each other all the time and emailing and, and getting together to watch the show and doing that sort of thing. And it's it's really sad when you lose a family member, you know. it's It has nothing to do with, oh, they may not work again or anything like that it's just we don't get to hang out with our friends they don't get to come to work they don't you know and, and play with us anymore and it's really it's really tough I mean I'll be honest I didn't know Emily Kinney very well um, just because none of my scenes or episodes were with her um, since I came on the show she played Beth and then when but I've gotten to know her just in hanging out and that sort of thing and that hit me just as hard as seeing uh, can I say it or should we this is a spoiler. It's fine It'd be with just us. as hard as when we lost Chad Coleman last night, who I'm close with. So it's it doesn't matter who it is. It, it hits us all really hard. Josh makes the casting really likable. But the show has a tough shooting schedule. With action, makeup, and cast members getting killed off left and right, I asked Josh what scene he's most proud of. <sighs> oh, wow. That's a, that's a good question because um, the question I usually get about different scenes are like, you know, what's your favorite scene? But I feel like uh, this is a different question with what, what I'm most proud of. I, I think probably the, the admission of uh, Eugene's lie. Um, you know, with that, it wasn't, it wasn't so much about, uh, you know, for me, it wasn't so much about me being able to, uh, to spill this secret and being the, the focal point and the focus of the attention. But uh, the fact that, you know, everyone in that scene was working together um, to pull off a, a really good scene, and I wouldn't have been able to do it with the uh, without the other actors there. I mean, even we kind of broke it up how we shot it. We shot the scene where, like, you know, Abraham was was you know strong arming Eugene down the road, and he pushes Rosita out of the way, and you know, punches are, are being thrown and that sort of thing. And then we went to lunch, and then we came back and shot the part about Eugene admitting the truth. 
And uh, instantly, without even like questioning and saying, hey, do you want to do this? We just actually picked it up from when we were throwing punches and running down the road again instead of, you know, coming from a, you know, like a zero starting point in a sense. And uh, it just got us back into it instantly. And like we were all just working on the same page as a, as a collective group. And I, I think um, I think that's probably the scene I'm most proud of uh, to date that we've, we've worked on because it was it was pretty amazing. What's your all-time favorite scene from The Walking Dead? Boom Studios is making some noise with their new book, Arcadia, by Alex Pacnadel and Eric Scott Pfeiffer. The concept is just, it just blows my mind. Let me read it to you. In the early 21st century, 7 billion people died during a viral outbreak. As the disease tore through communities, the world's governments took radical action to ensure humanity's survival. The brains of the dying were scanned, modeled, and uploaded to a vast computer simulation housed in enormous data centers around the globe. They call this simulation Arcadia. Boom! Mind is blown, not sure what's going on. Giant computers housing... 7 billion people's brains in it. And there's a community in there of a world of an alternate world or reality. I don't know exactly what you call it because these were the people, but now they're in there. So are they really the people or are they not really the people? And then you have the so-called real world where there, there's an outbreak going on and people are dying and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and so you have factions in there that were, that are going to cause conflict and they got factions in the computer. That's just bizarre. And, and then it's a virtual reality. So you can almost do whatever you want in there. What if Lost and The Matrix had a love child? That would be what I would call Arcadia. Because this is just, it's, you got the different levels. It, the concept, I think, is, is more mind-blowing than The Matrix because it, the robots took over the world, yes. And that's what they're using the humans for power. And that's what they were using in The Matrix. But this right here, this is humanity trying to survive and also somehow save their family or archive their family or keep in touch. There's one scene where they're communicating back and forth where you can actually go into the community. So you can, you could see your dead uncle and you could talk with them. Oh, it's just, it's, it's a perfect concept. It's a, it's a, it's a great sci-fi thriller. Reminds me of the 13th floor. There, there's just several other movies that have come out like this and, and, and comic books that have come out like this, but this concept I feel like is at another level. I want to, I, I want to use the word, original but it's it's not original there's a lot of other sci-fi that have tried to do this before but maybe they're just doing it better and that's why i'm super excited about it and there's a couple characters right off the bat and there's some symbolism in there with the wolf and i'm not really sure what the wolf is or who the wolf is or but they haven't maybe not have revealed who the wolf is but great symbolism going on throughout the book the only issue i have with the book is maybe pfeiffer's artwork could be cleaned up a little bit more and that could be more of a personal taste. So what I want you to do is I want you to read this book. And then let's go on the journey of trying to figure out where they're going. Arcadia from Boom Studios comes out May 6th, this Wednesday. Bug your local comic book store. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. 
Also, if you have a chance, rate our show on iTunes. If you have an Android device, listen to the show on Stitcher. There's also this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the Megaverse, plus the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. I mean, Megaverse radio station. Who doesn't want to listen to all that stuff? Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the eighth episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots a success. Special thanks to Josh McDermott, Terry Crews, Jonathan Hickman, and Boom Studios. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed our Monkeys Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey? Are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps it up and running. And then there's my wife, who calls Game of Thrones porn. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you for joining us on this episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.